You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James and welcome to the show. On today's episode, something a little bit different. We wanted to give you a glimpse into one of the shows on our YouTube channel. Now, we've been doing the Fulhamish YouTube channel for several years now. So just a chance for us to make some slightly different shows, uh, a little bit of a different vibe to some of the podcasts that we make on this feed. Uh, After every game, we do a quick take live. It's normally 10.30 UK time uh, the day after matches. Just some live instant reaction to each game uh, gives us an opportunity to put something out a bit quicker than the podcast. Obviously, the uh, episodes don't normally drop for a couple of days after matches, but that quick take is just more of a 15-20 minute roundup of the match uh, with some live interaction, people commenting live and uh, whoever's hosting, uh, often myself or someone like George just giving their thoughts from the game the day before Uh, we also have the whiteboard which you might have heard on the podcast a few weeks ago with Ben Jarman and Dan Cook but the most regular show on there is the Jack and Joe show Jack Kelly Joe Sansom every Wednesday night uh, reacting to all the latest Fulham news previewing the upcoming match reviewing the latest match just gone and particularly in transfer season uh, reacting to all the latest gossip and rumors And it's the Jack and Joe show that we want to give you a bit of a flavour of today. Uh, Joe was actually on holiday for this episode, so it's actually the Jack and Jack show. Jack Kelly and Jack Stroudley, uh, who is one of the writers on the website, standing in for Joe Sansom, uh, reacting to Fulham being sixth in the table and that amazing win over Nottingham Forest. If you enjoy the show, they release this every Wednesday over on the Fulhamish YouTube channel, so it's well worth a subscribe if this is something that you're in to a little bit different today on the podcast but i hope you enjoy hello 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 welcome to the jack and jack show jack stroudley we are sixth in the premier league how does that feel feels a little bit surreal to be honest with you obviously the start of the season we kind of we didn't really know what to expect um we were a little bit confident in terms of the recruitment we'd made but it was you know if we could pick up a few points here or there mm we'll have a good return and we're currently sat going into international break in sixth. I know some teams obviously haven't played, but it's just unbelievable to be honest with you. I think Fulham fans are allowed to sort of get a bit giddy because to be on this sort of points tally after seven games for a newly promoted team is, is pretty good. And not only that, taking points off a, a relegation rival potentially in Nottingham Forest, which we'll get into, is is very positive. Yeah, no, absolutely. I um, I was having a chat with... um with my Dom uh, on Saturday after the game. And we were talking mm. about just the day as a whole, Nottingham Forest. I'm just, as you said, we're going to get into Nottingham Forest, but we were trying to think back in terms of when was the last time with fans in the stadium, we won a meaningful away game in the Premier League. Mm. The, under Parker, we didn't because of COVID. And then the year before, or the two years before that, the only game we won was Bournemouth away. 
and we were already prepared. So Forest was the the own the, the the first meaningful away victory since we beat Aston Villa when Richardson and Dejaga was it Dejaga that scored or was it Roddy Ager? It was, was Roddy Ager the winner. Roddy Ager, but that's just it's just absolutely mental that it's been this long since that we've had like a moment that we can being in stadiums that we can like truly celebrate as much as this and. Obviously, we're not going to, as much as I'd like to say, we're going to stay in sick full season. That's just obviously not going to happen. But while we're there, we, we might as well enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? That is so weird you mentioned that because on my way, on our way back uh, to Motspur Park on, on Friday night, me and my friend Lewis, we were speaking, we were thinking, wait, when was the last time we actually won a Premier League away game? And that was, you know, like you said, Bournemouth away, but we we're already relegated. And then it got me thinking, how many actually, how many Premier League games, away games, have I actually seen us win? And Nottingham Forest was the third. And I've been, I've gone to 129 away games, you know, since 2013. So they've all been scattered around, obviously, mainly in the Championship. There's been a bit of Carabao, a bit of FA Cup here and there. Absolutely extraordinary. And like you say, so then, it, yeah, Villa away, and then it would have been Bournemouth. The subsequent season, we were already relegated. Then we had lockdown, of course. Uh, and this one, this is our first away game of this season. Um, shall we get into it and talk about the game? Because you were you were stood right behind me, um, and for the first half, I was I was pretty tired and fuming. To be fair, <laughs> I, I was just, I was upset in the way in which we conceded the first goal. It was pretty soft. Um, our knee, wait, I won ye, I won ye. That's how you get with with the goal. And let's talk about that first half because. We had most of the ball. We created most of the chances. We didn't really have like a chance apart from Mitchell blazing wide, Tim Ream that ball across the box. We didn't penetrate them and their goal, but we certainly were in and around the box and, and looking to create. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, again, I was having a conversation with a couple of friends at half time, and they were kind of saying, oh, you know, it's been a really poor half. I, I completely disagreed with it. I thought we were the much better team. You know, yes, we hadn't got the ball you know, we hadn't created that killer chance. Mm. And the one chance the Forest truly had was just a, a defensive mistake from the corner. We just fell asleep. And I sort of said, you know, if we if we keep playing the way we're going to play, we know we'll get chances. And it's just down to us as a team. When we get the chances, are we going to take them? And obviously, as we know, the rest is history. We did take them through three pretty surprising goal scorers. But yeah, in terms of the first half, I wasn't, Obviously, I was, I, was, I was disappointed that we went in at the break 1-0 down. But as a whole, I wasn't too disheartened by the first half performance, mm. Um, mm. just purely because we, we controlled the ball. Um, obviously, there's the argument we could have potentially got a red card as well. Oh, sorry, Forrest should have potentially got a red card in the first half as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and I just thought we, we, we were looking so much better than Forrest that I just knew we would get a chance. And it's just the case of, well, we're going to take it. And that's and, and ultimately, that's what we've done in the second half. And then we went, obviously went into the second half and we were sort of like, is this going to be one of those days where we play well, can't quite create the chances and, and Forrest just basically hold their lead, keep a defensive line and, and shit out a 1-0 win? Uh, because we've seen it before. We've seen it before. Um so Huddersfield away was was springing to mind. Obviously, we were in a dire situation at that point. But um, what was frustrating me was that we're going to drop points to a, 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 like I said earlier, a relegation rival. Uh, and and would you have? Did you see us at halftime? Did you, were you like, I can see us going on and win this? 
Because I certainly did not see that. <laughs> maybe not necessarily winning, but I thought that we would have got the chances to get back. I was confident we'd get the chances to get back into the game. Mm. And it was whether, just purely because of how dominant we were with the ball, and it was just whether we would have taken those chances. I kind of thought it's, it screams the type of game we'll kind of, you know, get, we'll keep pushing, keep pushing, get like an equaliser in like the 70th minute, try and kick on for the winner and not get it and be a little bit frustrated that we've only picked up a point from the game. But that wasn't to be, thankfully. And we obviously came out in the second half kind of in the same vein. And obviously Tosin scored, and mm. I don't know, obviously we'll get into it, and Polinia's unbelievable strike, and mm. obviously how some getting his first goal for the club. Oh my God, yeah. There's so much to get into. Uh, what I want to ask you first is, you know, we've had some, let's, let's take 2022 in isolation. We've had some unbelievable moments, um, beating Reading 7-0, Luton 7-0, Stoke away, like oh, the countless games. But where do those six minutes for you rank this year in, in fuller moments? I, I think it's got to be, I'm not saying it's first, but it's got to be right at the top for me. I think the the the, the sheer just day of, of the Luton game where we won 7-0 and lifted mm. the trophy, I think that's top for me because that was just absolutely sensational. It was the first game I got to watch with my granddad who got me into Fulham in months and that it felt like a real, real nice moment. In terms of, a sheer just kind of small snippet of a game, that forest six minutes, I don't think it's going to get topped, to be honest with you, in terms of it it just felt like, it, we just feel like such a different team under Marco Silva in the Premier League than we have in previous times in terms of we will just, con- and we saw, and even the Championship, we'll just constantly just go forward and go forward and try and score more and more and more. And to see us, you know, doing that in the Prem, in such a short space of time is just absolutely remarkable. I'd kind of, I'd kind of composed myself and got my breath back from the toasting goal. And then Polina decided to, <laughs> put one in. and then, and then, and then, and then I just, I'd, I hadn't even finished composed myself from Polina. And then Harrison Reed kind of appeared at the edge of the box. And mm. it was just absolute, it was just absolute carnage. And we did, well, we did the exact same at the city ground last season. When yeah. We were 4-0 <laughs> scoring three goals in quick succession. It was like deja vu, but on a, much more escalated level because obviously it's Premier League. I will admit, I didn't see any of the three goals. I'm too sure. <laughs> and, uh, quite far back. Um, actually, Isabella, who's on the podcast, was stood next to us as well. And yeah. she she didn't see anything as well. We didn't really know what was going on. It was it was absolute mayhem. Um, let, let's go on to individual goals then. Mitro blocking off Yates to, to give the space for Tosin is one of my favourite you know bits of dark footballing magic that I've seen this season. Um, that, that's sort of come off from what we saw last season as well with those sort of um, blocking corner routines that, that the Athletic did a really good piece on. Peter Rutz did a really good piece on that um, when it was identified last season. Tossin, great header. Really good header. Solid bottom corner past Dean Henderson, 1-1. Um, thoughts on the goal? No, absolutely. As you mentioned, Mitro's um, work to kind of stop Yates it it shows that he he obviously I was there's been a bit of a clip circling on Twitter of that Forest fan who said you know Fulham are a bit of a one man team they just rely on Mitrovic to score goals <laughs> but yeah I, I, I think Mitrovic is obviously Fulham fans know but he's showing to just the, the the masses that he is more than just a big lump going forward who can kind of put the ball in the back of the net you know he does offer so much to this Fulham side and and in terms of set pieces you know we that's I think a big big thing that we've been lacking under obviously barring Marcus Silva last season in terms of Premier League seasons before, we've been lacking, you know, 
presence at set pieces. Because if you if you're good at corners, you know the amount you'll score the amount of goals and points you'll pick up extra from purely being good at set pieces could be the difference. And obviously we're in safe and we're like the sky's the limit. But in terms of that could be the difference between whether you stay up or whether you don't. Mm. So being as clinical as we have been from set pieces, you look at obviously Polina scoring the header against Brentford and now we've scored again. I, I don't think there's been any other ones, but we've always looked like we've had a real presence from corners. And now whenever we get one, I'm kind of thinking, you know, we've actually got a decent chance of scoring. Whereas in, in prior years, whenever we've got corners, I've just thought, well, this isn't even going to get past the first man. Like, mm. it doesn't really matter. So that's mm. such a real asset to have and a real trick up up sleeve. And and obviously the ball in from Willian was pinpoint. It was perfect. I think I think we've scored four-headed goals already this season. Uh, Mitro on opening day against Liverpool, Palinia, Tosin, and... Mitro oh, got another one against Brentford as well in the last minute. There we go. That's it. That's, that's the four. I was, uh, there we go. Um... So that's that's one one. Um, at that time, I was thinking, "Oh, thank God we're level because we've been really good, and you know we're, we're pretty deserving of, of at least a point here." By the way, at, at halftime, I was like to my brother, "I was like, take a point and just run, get out of here. This is horrible." Um, and then Jao Pelinia, what a goal! Uh, <laughs> absolute thunder, thunderbolt um, in the top corner. Really satisfying first time finish as well in the top bins. Um, your thoughts on that? Because what a goal. I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, we didn't, where me and you were, we didn't particularly see a lot. The uh, the stairwell to the left of us was far too crammed. You couldn't see oh, anything. Oh, yeah. Really. Oh, yeah, that was probably why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the stairwell was far too crammed. You couldn't see anything. But I kind of, I saw the ball kind of hit, hit his boot and then like a little bit of the net kind of, Ripple. you know, wobble. <laughs> and then everyone just lost their heads. I was like, right, we scored. Um, but looking back on the goal, it's, it's, such, it's such a good finish, you know, and... You know, that's, that's two Polini's got for us. He obviously scored out in pre-season in, in Portugal as well from mm. outside the box, um, which, I mean, I was, I've had the pleasure of seeing all three Polini goals. I don't think many Fulham fans Oh, are. yeah, you were one of the... How yeah. many were there in one of, um, one Estoril? Probably about six, maybe, that <laughs> <laughs> were out in Estoril. Um, but no, like, Joel Polini, obviously, we know his defensive, you know, capabilities and we yeah. know how good of a footballer he is. But the fact that he's also able to kind of come forward and offer, you know... A, a pre, again, a presence outside the box from from range and uh, again from set pieces. He can score headers. You know, he just seems to be such a complete footballer. And the fact that he's at Fulham is mm. just absolutely astounding to me. Obviously, I'm sure we'll talk get into the fact of he loves a yellow card and the fact that he dives into the yeah. away end and he's now suspended for Newcastle. <laughs> but in terms of him as a footballer and in terms of that goal, pff, unbelievable. I think the the yellow card is. As annoying as it is, it was so inevitable. It was going to happen at some point that it's sort of like, oh, it's fine. Like as long, like we know he's going to be out for Newcastle, then he's going to be on a you know a, a clean sheet or a fresh, I don't know, a clean slate. There you go yeah. um, for yellow cards going into the West Ham game. And I think his his wife or girlfriend is due to give birth around the Newcastle game. To be fair, you can't knock it. And to be fair, he's he's got enough credit in the bank already this season for us to not be annoyed at him. Why would be annoyed at him? He jumped into the crowd. It's what you love to see. Um, I didn't even realize he got booked until after the game. Someone mentioned it to him. So uh, someone mentioned it to me on the coach. So I was a bit like, oh, that's annoying. But it was bound to happen at some point, Jack. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember, and um, Dom, right? Dom told me he was some. He, he watched an interview with Jalpalinia, and he he compared. Uh, that I don't quite know how he's come to this comparison, but he compared every Fulham game to being like. Uh, sporting Benfica in terms of just the atmosphere and the passion 
And I don't wow. quite know how he's come to that conclusion, but you can kind of see it in every time he's been involved in a goal or he's he's always just so just up with a Mitro winner. Do you remember? Mitro winner, he's like slamming yeah. the, the, the ball. <laughs> the and, yeah. And he's, he just looks so up and he already looks so settled. And, you know, you look online, there's so much love for him, both, both in England and back in Portugal, you know, um, it's it's just so great to see. Um, obviously, frustrating that he's out for Newcastle, but I think you kind of take it considering the goal he scored. Mm. There's a lot of small murmurings of debate. Is he the best DM out of the top six? You know, obviously we're in the top six, yeah. but um, <laughs> out of the you know what they what the Premier League call their top six, um, I would argue maybe he's he's in the question. And 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 do you compare him to the likes of the first Moussa Dembele, that sort of ilk of player? Um, because people are saying, oh, we haven't seen someone this good since, you know, Mr. Dembele. And yeah, he's just getting a lot of plaudits and he obviously got into Shearer's team of the week, which is really exciting. Um, he's just loving life in Fulham. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, absolutely. In terms of the Dembele debate, um, I think it is a bit early days. Obviously, they're different. They're very different footballers in terms of Dembele was such a progressive player with the ball, but mm. still had the defensive kind of capability of Polinia. Um and also didn't get booked anywhere as near as much as Joao does. But yeah, yeah. I, I think when you, if you were to like kind of look at like an all-time kind of Fulham, not so much all-time, but in terms of like actual ability, not in terms of sentiment and what they've done for the club, mm. I think you'd struggle to look for a better midfield too than than the Polinia, than Polinia and Dembele. I, I just mm. think in terms of just sheer ability alone, not sentiment and what they've done for the club, I think you'd really struggle to make an argument for many other people. Now, if Polinia continues his form, we sort of know that Karen Benzema is going to win the Ballon d'Or this year. But what about next year? Is he on for it? <laughs> well, keep up this. Who knows? I mean, you might they might have to put in an award for the most yellow cards. Yeah, was, but who knows? The best player with the best, with the most yellow cards, he'd probably win it. <laughs> um, we must talk about Harrison Reed now. And I didn't even do this on purpose. I'm wearing an orange jumper. <laughs> in, in, in uh, I don't even know what the words are. Um, Harrison Reed got his first goal for Fulham. Finally, is this goal more about the bad defending from Ronan Lodi, Ronan Lodi in the whole city, city Forest defence, or is it good work from Willian to create that space? Or is it a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both, to be honest with you. Obviously, like this time last week when we were talking, you asked me who I think we could potentially target. And I said, Renan Lodi. Yeah. Renan Lodi was the one, um, just because he's come from Atletico. He's not he's not suited. He's not comfortable yet. This and the other, we can really get him. In that first half, we saw every time there was, you know, sniffs of an attack, it was always Tete and William down the right-hand side, kind of putting the ball into the box and trying to find Mitrovic. And in the second half, obviously, William created the space. Renan Lodi then pushes out and leave Harrison Reed. So I think it's kind of six to one, half a dozen the other. William knows mm. that Lolly's maybe the weak point and does really well for that goal. Um, it's just so great that Harrison Reed's got that goal, to be honest with you. I can't mm. think of a player really more deserving of finally getting his first goal for Fulham. He's, he, for me, he's been phenomenal since he's been here, to be honest with you. I've, I, I, I struggle to think of a game where he's dropped anything less than a you know, a six and a half, seven out of 10. He's always That's just brilliant. so consistent. Ever since he first came in. I don't remember him dropping a thing. You're right. I don't remember him dropping a rubbish game. He's so consistently good. And I'm touching wood. He's so consistently good. Um, and he's so reliable. Um, and he's, you know, barring his injuries, he's been sort of a mainstay in that team for quite a few years now. And what a pickup it was from uh, the man who should not be named. Was it Scott? Did he sign him? Scott Parker? Must have been. 
Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was at Scott. Yeah, he, yeah, he must have been. I think. Yeah, I think we. I think of credit he, was, for him, he, was on, he was on loan during the promotion season, wasn't he? And then we signed him permanently with. And then we also that was loaned, it. And then we also loaned Lamina from Southampton as well. We were desperate to sign him on a permanent, and I think we announced him the same night we announced um, another signing, which I don't think was Lamina. It was someone else. I can't. It was right at the beginning of the summer. Anyway, we're going on a tangent, but brilliant to see him get the first goal. Fantastic. Um, hopefully the first of, of many. What I really enjoyed about this was the fact that, the, that our squad depth was finally taking shape and becoming noticeable in the bringing on. I know he didn't do much, but Dan James, just to stretch that defence, last 10 minutes, they're tired. He's got the pace. Um, yeah, he had that shot wide and added time. I think he should have probably... Started bringing it to the corner, yeah. It was a bit of immaturity there. But this is what I like to see. Like, if we're in a position where we need to hold on to something or we need to stretch a defence or try and get another goal, Dan James, for me, is the perfect person to bring on in that position. Would you agree? Yeah, no, absolutely. I I mentioned again last week about the pace that he brings and it's just so nice that we've now got different options at the start of the season. We're very much lacking in that department. Obviously, we kind of got away with it in the terms of, well, obviously, we beat Brentford, who picked up the points against Liverpool and Wolves and whatnot. But we've made the necessary signings now and you've got the potential of when Harry Wilson's going to potentially be mm. back. That's maybe relatively soon, I'm not too sure. Then, mm. obviously, you've still got Manuel Solomon to come back after the World Cup. Like, we've just, we now just seen the depth across the board, I'd argue maybe potentially barring maybe one in midfield, I'd argue is... As, as good as we, we could want it to be right now. Are you noticing or seeing, or and if you have, are you pleased with the amount of credit the mainstream media are giving us? Or do you not think there's enough? Do you think people I, are not talking about the fact that Fulham are sixth after seven enough? I've not, I've not really seen a lot, if I'm being no. brutally honest. And that's not me. I'm more than happy to be the, the underdog that no one really talks about. But... The only thing I've really seen was a guy on, talk, I can't remember who it was, it was someone on TalkSport talking about um, Mitrovic and, you know, he's he's just a big target man and if you get players who pace around him, he'll be fine, which I completely disagree with. I don't, I don't, I think barring Dan James at the moment, we don't really have lots of pace in our in our attack. I don't think Bobby Reed's the quickest player in the world. I don't think Cabana's no. the biggest player. I don't think Pereira's the biggest player in the world. Well, not biggest, the quickest, sorry. Pereira's <laughs> um, <laughs> quite small. <laughs> but I, I think it's just the way that Marco Silva's got us playing. You know, Mitrovic drops in deep. Um, the kind of intricate play amongst players. Mitrovic wants to, you know, battle for the ball. And then you also get Polinho and Reed who come forward. Reed who has a bit of a tendency at the moment to kind of venture right and presses out onto the right-hand side. And I think that it's very, very easy just to say, well, Mitrovic has scored all the goals, so Fulham must be just relying on Mitrovic. And I don't I don't think that's true at all. I think that as a whole, we've just, we're a team that's ticking at the moment and we've got a lot right. And yeah, I don't think we're getting anywhere near the credit that we deserve. A lot of people writ us off before we'd even been promoted, as mm-hmm. per usual. And... But that's it. I'm I'm happy if people want to, if people want to, you know, just say oh it's just Mitrovic blah blah blah. They can say all they want. You know, we're in sick. We're playing well. It's fine. Mm. What what you, what you do get in the championship is a lot of um, lazy punditry, and, and the fact of the matter is we were second to last on match of the day on Saturday, given we played the Friday, and their analysis of the game was fair, but it was more, more focused on Forrest's defence. They, I would have liked 
I would have liked Gary Lineker to say at the end, oh, Fulham, are, you know, they're doing really, they're really impressing everyone so far. But, but there was none of that. And I was like, I can't believe I've just stayed up for that. That was really disappointing. But it's fine to go under the radar. It's fine. And, you know, if we go and beat Newcastle and suddenly we're sitting on 14 from eight, you know, people will start talking, you know, I think, um, because it's Newcastle and they spent, you know, this, that, and the yeah, other one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So... It's fine. We're sick. That's locked in until at least October 1st. So happy days. Um, anything? Oh, I suppose they got the goal back, didn't they? How pleased again were you to see us in the way in which we saw our added time? Brilliant. Yeah. Tim Ream. Tim Ream. Absolutely sensational. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, the, the goal was very frustrating to give away. The, the, the only reason they got back into the game was they brought on Lewis O'Brien, who I think is an absolutely incredible footballer. He's different, um, Gravy. He's he's honestly an unbelievable footballer. Um, yeah, the way we saw the game out was really good, as per usual, just keeping the ball in the corner, slowing things down. Game management was once again spot on. Um, I was going to say, are you concerned at all about the fact that, you know, while we're scoring a lot of goals, we're also still conceding, you know, a decent mm. amount. We've scored, we've scored 12, I think, in seven. But we've also conceded eleven. That we've not yeah. we've not comfortably put a team away yet, despite the fact that we are currently sitting in sixth. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. And there was a there was some debate on the podcast um about Tossin's defending for that second goal. And I genuinely feel like he had no other choice than to do that back hill. Because if he'd gone with his other foot, he's risking scoring an own goal, the way in which he's running back towards goal. Maybe I need to I, I that's the way I saw it. But um, so I, I was I was slightly uh, giving giving him the benefit of the doubt with that one. But you're right, we are conceding goals as well as scoring them. It's all well and good scoring, but I I'd look at the Brighton game and I'd say, barring they scored a penalty, which was a VAR situation, which was quite a you know, bizarre one, a foul out of sort of nowhere, and ultimately we defended really well for that, and it could have been a clean sheet on another day. We got a clean sheet at Wolves. Um, and you know, Forest were chasing. Yeah, I'm concerned. But you look at some of the fixtures we played this season. We conceded two against Arsenal, two against Spurs, two against Liverpool, which is arguably pretty good going considering those teams have got all those quality in them. And we have come unstuck against. Um, you know, we conceded two against Forest, one against Brighton. Am I missing any? Two against Brentford. Two against Brentford. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there is cause for concern in that department. But we're scoring goals, yeah, and scoring I've, I've, goals will win you games. Yeah, I think I think my biggest thing is while uh, while I'm loving everything that's going on at Fulham at the moment, are we going to score two to three every single game, thirty-eight games? I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just not, it's just not sustainable. And you know, there's gonna there's gonna be times I think, unless you know certain things change, I don't necessarily know what where we could find ourselves on a. You know, we can see two goals relatively early, and then we. But then we struggle to get back into the game and it's dropped points and whatnot. But look, we're sick from the table. You can't really complain. I think it was just something that was worth noting. I'd also argue that um, given Robinson's injury, we haven't really seen a settled back four for, for a few games either. And now Issa Diop's putting that really, really good performance on Friday night. Is there a question that he comes in and partners toasted with Robinson at left back, which is harsh on Tim Ream because he's been absolutely phenomenal. But there is, there is a question there. That there is a chance to to uh, maybe um, pip him and, and play um, centre-back for the foreseeable games. So once we see maybe Robinson come back in, we have a more settled back four, playing consistently. Those goals at the other end might dry up a little bit, which will be good. And of course, the run of fixtures we've got, 
we know we don't play Manchester United and Manchester City until the two games before the World Cup. So I think we've got like six or seven games of yeah, you know, it's like Newcastle, West Ham, Bournemouth, Leeds, Everton, Villa. Villa. Like it's yeah. a it's a decent little run of games now. Yeah. Which doesn't guarantee anything. Of yeah, course. no, no, absolutely, absolutely not. But obviously, like you said, you've, we've we've played Arsenal, Liverpool, and Tottenham. Um, we played a Wolves side, which people were kind of raving about. Brighton, who were on good form at the time, Brentford, who everyone seems to love, and huh. not your Forest, who have signed like half the world, and we've come out of it on. <laughs> we've come out of it, and we're in sixth place. Like you can't really ask for a lot more than that, to be honest with you. And mm. It could have been more. Mitrovic missed that penalty. Do you know? It do you know re- <laughs> Against Wolves, like it could have been more. We could have been in the top four. We could be on twenty-one points. Oh, we, could, we, could be, we, could, we could be on. I also remember a funny way of looking at you in the away, and then I just download, add a look on Skyscan or like trips to Belgrade, ready for the UEFA <laughs> Conference League group stages. I remember shouting to you, "Renew the what's your passport status like?" Three-one. <laughs> 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 look, we're giddy, and I think we're allowed to be giddy. I know this is what I said at the beginning. We haven't been this high up in the pyramid since. Well, I remember we beat Norwich 5 0 on the opening day. We were top of the league. Yeah. yeah. But apart from that, I mean, I don't really remember, especially, you know, seven games in, that was obviously only one game in. Um, and yeah, this is great. And we can enjoy it for a couple of weeks. Um, Newcastle to come next week. Uh, Joe Sanson will be back. Um, he flies back tomorrow. But Jack, you've been, you've just been brilliant to have. And, and the fact of the matter is, we won on Friday. So this has been a fantastic episode. Lovely. Thank you very much. Um, any anything else you want to say? Anything Maybe else? were we going to talk about Polinia getting suspended? And oh right, yeah. So, or do you want to say that for when you and Joe are talking about? Newcastle? Well, I mean, it's it's worth noting he's not going to be there against Newcastle, is he? But there's only one game, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. For argument's sake, who would you then bring in? Would you bring in? I think it depends what style kind of marker wants to go for. It's whether you whether whether you want to drip, whether you want to drop Reed slightly further back and cut to the sitter to stop him. Because he likes to venture out to the right. If he's the six, he's not really going to be able to do that. It's whether you want to play with kind of two eights and you'd bring in uh, Kenny or even potentially Onoma. Um, it's, it's entirely up to. I, I I personally would probably go Reed as the six and then maybe Kenny as the eight. Hmm. Um, I think the other. I don't think Onoma. As much as I like Onoma, I don't think Onoma would come in this early. The main um, chaps. And yeah, the other argument is Chalaber at the six. And I don't really want to see Chalaber at the six. So. I'm going to Yeah, I mean, Palinia sort of, you know, for his first name on the team sheet these days, um, although Mitrovic is fantastic. He wasn't involved with any of the goals, um, obviously, obviously apart from the, you got the pre-assist for the third, I suppose, with that really good pass to Bobby Decord over Reed. So, yeah, I mean, TC will probably drop in, um, hopefully, and, and bring up, Har- and, and then obviously Pereira will play as more advanced role. That'll be a tough game, Newcastle. They're no mugs. They obviously drew to Bournemouth at the weekend. Um, Isaac and um, Fraser said Maximum might be out. You never know. There's rumours that he might not make it for the for the game. And yeah, um, I mean, if you if I had to ask you now, just for argument's sake, again, what would you say a score prediction for that game would be? I mean, it's so difficult. I think what while Newcastle maybe necessarily haven't picked up as many wins as they would have liked to. I don't think their points total really suggests how good they have been this season in terms of they were they were the much better side against Wolves. They were unlucky against Liverpool. Uh, Bournemouth, they were unlucky as well. So I think if we came out of the Newcastle game with a point, I wouldn't be too disheartened, to be honest with you. I think yeah. that they are a really good side. And I think especially when you look at... We're not going to have Polina in the midfield and I think a player like Bruno Guarage will have a bit of a field day to be honest with you so I think I, I would take a point 
And that's that for today. We've been running for about half an hour, so a nice episode for everyone to watch. Um, Jack, thanks so much for filling in for the last couple of episodes. It's been an absolute pleasure. No worries, mate. Cheers for having me. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Jack and Jack show on the Fulhamish podcast. We will return on Thursday with another podcast, myself, Jack Collins and Peter Rutzler looking ahead to the Newcastle United game plus international reaction, particularly focused, I imagine, on hat-trick hero Alexander Mitrovic after his exploits against Sweden over the weekend. So have a listen then. But until then, have a lovely week. Come on, you whites.